It's the Hot Stove presented by the Cup of Mets podcast. I'm Ian Bosniak, joined alongside by Robert Benegas and Matthew DeSantis. Gentlemen, how we doing? Good, man. Chilling. Are you sure you're good, Matt? I heard you got a little little COVID. Nah, I'm good. I'm chilling. You're chilling? At least we have something to talk about today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, again, I don't have COVID on this side, but everything's good over here, you know? Good. Good. At at least, uh, yeah, one third of us has COVID. But um, aside from that, we're all good. The weather sucks here in New York. But, um, you know, as Matt mentioned, there is some stuff to talk about. So let's just dive right in. But before we do, remember to give us a follow on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. We are at Couple Mets. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, whether it be on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So, we mentioned it last episode, the Mets had interest in left-handed starter Sean Manaya. Sean Manaya is now a New York Met. $28 million over two years, uh, $14 million annually with an opt-out after one. Matt, do you, I, do you like the move? Yeah, I mean, I think it was a much-needed move in the Mets front office is trying to do. Um, we We needed the pitching depth, and in terms of how many innings he can produce for our team this year. Uh, I think that, that he's going to be a part, he's going to be a wild card. He pitches really good. I think our rotation is going to be our, our whole rotation is a pretty much wait and see, but overall with the Sean Manaya trait uh, acquisition, I, I, I like it. Um, he'll give us stability and he'll give us innings that need to be eaten up. But overall, I think it's a good deal. Uh, money wise, think it's solid. Yeah, think about think about what other teams have paid. I mean, for for pitching. I mean, we we talked about Frankie Montes quite a bit last episode and getting sixteen million. The Mets got Severino yeah. and Manaya for a combined twenty seven million dollars. Rob, what do you make of the deal? Uh, honestly, I hated it. No, I'm just kidding. I I, I like it as well. Uh, Sean Manaya, uh, wow. guy that pitched one hundred and seventeen innings, whether he started or came out the bullpen. Um, I heard he added a sweeper in uh, 2023, which, you know, made him better in the, that second half of the, of the season. Um, and the velo's up. I love that. I love when lefties throw 95 plus and he topped out at 97 last year. So uh, again, I, li- I like the move in terms of uh, a depth signing. Um, I see him in like an Adrian Hauser type role. He's in that class for me, but uh, again, he's projected to make or not even make, he's projected to pitch and, 38 games this year. So I'm excited and hopefully he stays healthy and, you know, he could be a dog. Absolutely. Yeah. Two things that you mentioned there, you know, the velocity increase as well as the sweeper uh, hitters went six for 43 uh, that accumulates to a 140 batting average against 13 strikeouts. Uh, that's how hitters fared against Sean Manaya uh, sweeper at which he only developed uh, midsummer. So that's really, really encouraging. There was a 35 with percentage rate on that pitch. So obviously that's a lethal pitch for him. And then, you know, I think Sean Manaya is a driveline consumer and he went over to driveline and started some more torso action. Is that correct? And that gave him the velocity to, that gave him the juice to throw a little bit harder? Pretty much, yeah. And that's what the guy talked about. I retweeted it on Twitter, I believe, or X, excuse me, because I haven't updated my app yet. But um, 
yeah, no, he, like the guy said in the video, he kind of like just started using his torso more in terms of his windup and his delivery and this, that, and the third. And it just added velo to his fastball. So, uh, you know, again, good to see. Uh, I do remember him in Oakland. And again, obviously you've seen him last year in San Fran and San Diego. He's always been competitive. So, uh, you know, again, nice little move for the Mets. I mean, the last three seasons, 2021, he tossed 179 innings. 2022, he tossed 158 innings. And then this past year in San Francisco, as Rob mentioned, 30 or I don't know who mentioned, to be honest with you, but 37 games, 10 games started, uh, 444 ERA, but a 390 FIP. Um, so definitely pitched better than some of his underlying numbers um, suggest. I personally absolutely love the move. Um, there's a lot of upside with Manaya. It definitely is also a wait and see type deal. You know, as you said, Matt, he, again, that off-speed pitch is really his bread and butter. And the fact that he's got that fastball velocity up makes him that much more potent against hitters. He averaged 94 miles per hour on that fastball this past year. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. I, I just wonder, you know, where where is he going to fit? Because we're hearing that, and we'll talk about this, but we're hearing that the Mets are still inquiring about starting pitchers on the trade market. And, you know, when you look at the Mets rotation right now, you would say that their rotation is Kodai Sanga, Jose Quintana, Luis Severino, Sean Manaya, and Adrian Hauser. If they go ahead then and bring in another starter, let's say, do we see Hauser or Manaya being that six man? Because Manaya obviously had a lot more experience this past year, 27 games out of the pen. Right. Or do you see that the Mets play it with a six man rotation with Kodai, whoever they bring in, Quintana, Severino, Manai, and Hauser? I mean, who do you think that they're gonna bring in? Well, we were gonna talk about it, Matt. So uh <laughs> but, but but what I'm but what I'm saying is like I don't think they brought Hauser in or Manaya to be the sixth man. I think that they're much higher on that rotation than we think. No, ab absolutely. But if you think about it too, with the risk involved with a Luis Severino, let's say, and a Sean Manaya, and to an extent, right, Adrian Hauser, do the Mets want to immediately say, all right, if one of them goes down, Tyler McGill's the next guy up? Do we really want to go that route again? So, you know. I mean of course they don't want to go that route. Exactly. But so so maybe they want Hauser to be that six guy, you know, who's a better McGill. You know, McGill's, McGill's a bit erratic. You know, he's up and down. Yeah. No, I agree, man. Boz, that's what I said, preach. But again, you, you, especially the names that we've been hearing that they're looking to inquire or quote unquote, you know, all that trade talk. Um, again, it would just move everybody down. So you know, is Kodai Senga really a one? Uh, he could be. But at the end of the day, you're better off with Kodai Senga being a two or a three. Oh, if he's a two in the rotation, then that means that the Mets did something big, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I'm implying, that I do think the Mets are going to do something big. And I think you do. One name, I, I think one name fits the picture. You do. All right. So let's hop into this. So, yes, the Mets <laughs> signed Sean Manaya. The Mets have a five-man rotation, theoretically. So now, hypothetically speaking, David Stearns in the front office, they are inquiring league-wide about pitching and a name that continues to pop up, and I assume that this is the name that Rob was going to mention, Dylan Cease of the Chicago White Sox. <laughs> no? No, no, keep going. Am I wrong? I'd rather Lizardo, baby. Yeah. 
Oh, all right. I'm wrong. Keep going. No, you preach. No, okay. Again, I mean, Jesus Lazardo has, what, three years uh, under team control, Matty? Yeah. And three years under team control. He fits the picture of swings and misses with that slider of his, which was one of the top pitches along with the ghost fork. Um, Again, I just think it makes sense. Again, you're going to have to give up a lot. But at the end of the day, uh, if you want a guy like Lizardo and you want longevity and you want sustainability, that's three years of having that stud in your rotation along with a Senga, you know, I mean, and then you're one, that... one more head, one more pitcher away from having that three headed monster re- reincarnated. Now, what if that trade starts with Brett Beatty? Then, then you must have some lined up with Gio Urshela, or you might have some lined up with a Justin Turner. Exactly. Who knows? That's why that's why I would not be mad at it. But Neither would I. Should, now that I think about it, they should have they should have given the Marlins Beatty last off season when it was supposed to be a one for one deal. Nowadays, I don't think it's a one for one. Nowadays, it's probably Beatty plus another guy or two. Yeah, like a Parada and like an Alex Ramirez or something, or maybe like a probably Vizal. yeah, like a Vasile. Excuse me, somebody. What'd you say, Vasile? Vasile. Oh, like Vasile, but with a V. Oh, I got you, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Mikey. Yeah. Okay. Number nine prospect. I mean, listen. I'm I correct for myself. <laughs> no, I know you did. I know you did. Sorry about. That. Sorry for jumping on you there. Um, no, I listen. Good. I like Jesus Lazardo. Obviously, we saw him a lot. Him pitching with the Marlins. He's got lethal stuff. You know. To me, though, I mean, yeah, he's under team control. But Matt, you're a big prospect guy. What would you offer the Marlins? I know you brought, just brought up Beatty, but right now for, but, for Lazardo. For Lazardo, but right now, obviously, the stock has dropped a little bit. You have to assume, right, with Brett Beatty, and then also, the Mets are down uh, infielder in Ronnie Mauricio. So, how would you put together a trade proposal for Lazardo? Because, you know, I know your trade proposal for Dylan C. So, I, I want to hear what your proposal is for for uh, Lazardo here. All right, so Lazardo, Jesus. He is. He he's a great. He's a very good pitcher under control for three years, like Robbie said before. Um, um, do you want me to include Beatty in this one, or do one that doesn't have Beatty in it? Right now, on January 9th, you're putting together a trade for Jesus Lazardo, who's I think uh, it's starting. It's starting with Brett Beatty. So I want to. I'm not too sure how that how far that would get the Marlins. But right after Brett Beatty, the package would be headlined by either Parada or talking, trying to give them Marco Vargas back. And that would that'd probably be their big two pieces in that deal. Then you're probably looking at like a lower level, maybe like a... Jeremy Rodriguez? I'm, no, I'm not giving them him. No. I know you're a big Jeremy Rodriguez guy. He's going to be good. He's going to be I, good. I I mean, listen, the the thing that the thing that really you know is has going for the Marlins and for Lizardo is the fact that he finally like really hopped on the map in 2022 and he's only progressed since then last year career high 178 innings, uh 355 FIP, 3.7 WAR. He's got great swing and miss stuff. You know, we we talk about lefty lefty fastball. I mean, he tosses average 97 miles per hour on the fastball, made all 32 starts this past season. 
I would I would definitely jump at Lizardo. You know, the thing is, is that I think that it's going to cost more than what you just mentioned. You know, I don't I don't I don't think that I don't think that Beatty is going to be that guy. I think I think the Marlins are going to want like a like a Ryan Clifford. Be I mean, yeah, but think about think about what teams are paying for pitching right now. You can only imagine what if a team says, oh, shit, I can't sign this guy. Let me go try to trade for. Jesus Lazardo, the Marlin, all the balls in the Marlins court. The Marlins are weird. They they'll trade no, they things off for like weird packages that they think are wins, but it's actually losses. I mean, yeah, I guess I would send Ryan Clifford over there if, but he would be the headliner. Yeah, that deal. Um, Absolutely. But like you said, p- starting pitching is so expensive. That's why we need to actually develop it ourselves. I think if the Marlins ask for Ryan Clifford, I move on and hit up the White Sox at that point and see what the price is for Dylan Cease. Rob, 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 what do you think the price is for Dylan Cease? It's very, <laughs> it's it's a little less than for for Lazardo, I think, but it's it's high. I guess they're, but... they're asking for a team's top three prospects. Oh no, nah. I'm not. Then, I'm then not, we're gonna have to negotiate at that. Point, no, but, but first of all, I'm not training anybody. <laughs> In, I'm nah. not anybody for Acuna, Gilbert, or Jet Williams. They're, I want to see how Acuna is. Yeah, exactly. And I saw he kind of headlined the mock trades and all that. But I think I think a Parada, maybe like a Mark Vientos. Who knows? I don't know. I don't like mocking trades. I don't know, guys. Maybe- I I would personally listen. Lazardo would be a great yeah. get for any team, let alone the Mets. He's nasty. Definitely. Again, though, the Marlins are going to want a lot. He's not a free agent until 2027. And on top of that, they're in division. So the Marlins aren't going to want to necessarily give Lazardo over for less than they could receive from somebody else, right? And the other thing with Dylan Cease, Dylan Cease isn't a free agent until 2026. And he's much more established, um, if you want to say, than Hazel Cesardo. Cease in 2022 went 14 and 8 with a 2.20 ERA, 3.10 FIP, 4.4 WAR. The year before in 2021, 13 and 7, and let alone the last three seasons, he's made at least 32 starts. 2021, 3.91 ERA, 3.41 FIP, worth 4.5 WAR. Okay, so you're looking at somebody who over the last three seasons has produced. Last year was definitely an interesting campaign for him. He had a little bit of a dip in his velocity, 458 ERA, but his FIP was 372, 3.7 war. But he made 33 starts, and a lot of people are expecting a bounce back. His K rate didn't drop a lot. Uh, drop a lot. I don't know. I think that Dylan Cease would be a, a better target for the Mets just because I'm assuming that the Marlins are going to ask for a ton, right, and they're in division. But again, it would have to start with a Ryan Clifford or a Kevin Parada or something along those lines because I agree with you, Matt. I'm not I'm not trading Gilbert, I'm not trading Acuna, and I'm not trading Jet Williams. Yeah, those those are my untouchable three. What was what was your mock trade for uh Dylan Cease? Mine? Yeah, yeah, you tossed one up. I mean, I tossed that one up, but that was with that uh that website. And I personally think that their their uh, value chart is all fucked up. But 
for Dylan Cease, like I said, I, the the package, I guess, their best headliner, I would want either to be Parada or Clifford. Then I guess I would I could do one of them and either one of Colin Huck or, Colin, or Marco Vargas, and then they're getting like a, I don't know, maybe a Brandon Sprout. Okay, I mean that's and a that's good trade. The best offer. That's probably a good the, trade the package. Yeah. yeah, it seems reasonable and fair for both sides, both parties. Yeah, so think about maybe so what, uh, that's, Parada, that's three, three to four players. Parada, Marco Vargas, and Brandon Sprout, three players for one. Yeah, I would do that. Just cause, just cause I like, I want to. We just drafted that other guy. You said Colin. Yeah, the kid. I want, I want, I want him around. Like, Definitely want him around. Three star quarterback. Yeah, Football. exactly. Yeah, I think that for me, I mean, I already said that I wouldn't trade the three aforementioned players. Um, I would go like, I would go Kevin Parada, Alex Ramirez. Um, Bro, Alex Ramirez ain't worth shit nowadays. No team. Uh, listen, he's still twenty years old. Um, he's All estimated, right, well. like, dude. He's still <laughs> estimated. <laughs> he's still estimated to arrive in the bigs like any day now. He's got still, a long. He swing. still That's... isn't of age. Bigs, he's not. Beverage. He, he ain't gonna be in the bigs any day now. They had to protect him on, on from the rule five. He was he's just. Like, he was just in in high A, and he played awful. He's got a long swing, dude. He had a six twenty seven OPS, which why would is the, the worst, why worst would the Mets, of his career. Why would the Mets add him to the forty man and not? Yeah, exactly. What do you mean to protect him from the roll five? But if trade he's him. not, but if trade he's not him. worth anything, then why then not trade let him? Go? him. Exactly. So now, I, know, <laughs> I, guess, I guess somebody in that building thinks he's all right. All right. Dude, well, I think he he's was one. Right. He was once a uh, top thirty, right, or something. I know he probably still is in the organization, but, but I'm yeah. saying he was like up in the top five at one point. No, I mean per Fangraphs, he's per Fangraphs, he's in their top 150. Ah, our farm system's finally starting to get better, which is good. Yeah. Okay. So international signing day, I'm pretty sure is on the 15th of January. Yeah. All right. Wait, stingy Matt. So let me ask you something. You said. You said no to, I mean, you, you think that Alex Ramirez isn't worth anything. Yeah. Would you trade Jacob Reimer? Yeah, why not? Okay. All right. Now there's some wiggle room. And I, and, and, and I like Jacob Reimer. I, and that's why I said it, because I know that you like <laughs> him, and yeah. I feel like you're like Sandy Alderson a little bit. You're a little bit of a prospect hugger. You know, you like to hold on to those boys tight. Listen, I'm not a prospect hugger. But do I like our core right now of prospects? Absolutely, because we haven't had good prospects in a long time. I mean, yeah, we, we've we had these couple like, you know, Ahmed Rosario, Dom Smith. Look at how those guys like worked out. They're Dude, they're great not... players. What do you mean? Dom Smith, all-star. Yeah. I love Dom Smith. Studs. But I don't know. I think we have something different right now with the potential of a Acuna, Gilbert, Williams. Tons of like, athleticism. Those could be like game changers. And and we have some sneaky good pitchers in our organization. So with mama know. mentality. That mama mentality. Cade Morris. Dude, that was sick. I was like, yeah, I, I mess with him. 
He's well spoken. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I know. He's off good. the field. I'm yeah. chill on the field. My yang and our my third, yang. Our third round pick from Nevada. Yeah. Listen, listen, I mean, I I, I think that there's something cooking with you know the the pitching as well in terms of the farm system it's just they're young you know what i mean Definitely. aside from aside from the guys like dom hamill who are in you know double a and um you know a, a justin jarvis who's in triple a but again he was a trade piece last year tyler stewart's in double a again but i'm excited oh. to see tidwell oh oh yeah no Minaga. what he has a deal with the cubs Showed it in Managa to the Cubs. 12 minutes ago. 12 minutes ago. Guess okay. who had it first, Ian? Guess who had it first? Um, Bob Nightingale. The guy, the guy who yeah. stole, the guy, <laughs> the guy who stole <laughs> our video. No, I dude, really? Yeah, Bob Nightingale had it first. I'm My sorry. boy. I was just <laughs> guessing. I didn't know I was going to actually get it. No, that was funny. That was a great guess. Matt, yeah. do you know my, Matt, do you know my story with Bob Nightingale? No, I don't. He, in, we were we were drinking and um want to see this at a bar and um he introduced me to Roger Cedeno who was also at the bar um and uh Roger Cedeno not sure if he remembers it or not but he uh, offered offered me a job to work at his uh facility his baseball facility in Venezuela um oh, oh wow that's, yeah, and that's I, crazy. And I countered with, um, I don't think I would do well there. I don't, I don't think I'd really fit in. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> but, but that's yeah. a, that's a pretty, that's a pretty interesting, uh, move for Sorry. the Cubs. That's their oh. first dollar they spent this off season. Yeah. And, uh, I want, I wonder what he got. He, he definitely with got us. like, say, he yes, got like 85, 90. Probably Let's, got more than that, homie. Yeah. I think, I think he, I think I think he's getting nine figures. I think yeah, I think he's over a hundred, which, see. which is crazy. Yeah, it's agreed upon. Uh, pending medical review, there's no money that's being, you know, spoken about right now. But Shota Imanaga appears off the board, so that leaves uh, Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery as those two big guys still left on the market. Um, yeah, so long. and Marcus Stroman. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> I know we'd never really talk football on this podcast, but how's everybody doing after uh, both New York teams? Terrible. Again, I'm 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 ready Worst for I'm, my life. I'm ready for baseball. I'm ready for baseball. It's not. And it's not even both both teams top ten picks again. How many times? Hey, listen, uh, one more one day closer to pitchers and catchers report. One day closer to spring training. One day closer to opening day. I think there's only forty four days. Until spring training games. You want to know what I would love Nothing. to go to go down to Florida, watch the New York Mets in the nice Florida sun, as it's literally disgusting out here on Long Island. Oh yeah, wouldn't that be lovely? It would be lovely. Have you ever been down to uh, Clover Park Tradition Field? I call it Tradition Field. I've, I've actually i've I've never been down to uh, to spring training. No. Oh wow, that's definitely something that you know. I know. Everybody should do it's a it's a great experience. Definitely, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm More player interaction during spring training too. Yeah, Rob was like sitting on top of Jerry's familia. No, chill. Yeah, you were. Chill. You were. Literally well, I mean, again, the t- that's where the tickets were. So. Yeah. Josh Edgen was a weird dude, dude. Who? Like soft spoken. Remember Josh Edgen? 
Josh uh, Edgerton was a weird dude. It was he wasn't weird. I just felt like he was one of those guys that like took pre workout before he pitched. Like my sister said hi to him and he was like, Hi, you know, like Matt's soft spoken, like Maybe he's one of those guys that just like, I'm not hating. I'm just saying, like it was it was it, I didn't expect it because you know he would strike people out and like flex and stuff, you know? Yeah. Or maybe, or give up home runs. But maybe maybe he's one of those guys that takes like a dry scoop of C four, throws it in his mouth. Yeah, and yeah, that's what I'm exactly he parachutes then, it. He parachutes like, sla- it. Slaps himself and then says, like, let's go. I'm in. <laughs> Smelling salts. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, Jose uh, Valverde, he was cool too. Oh yeah, Jose Valverde. He was cool. Former Met grade. Yeah, very cool. He, dude, right in front of my face, just big lip, boom. Looked yeah. at me right after. Was like, "Hey, how's it oh. going?" I'm like, oh, you're "So per crazy. Andy Martino, the Mets have about ten million left to spend, which is not a hard number, but will be allocated mainly towards the bullpen." What does that okay. mean? Okay, well, well, what I was gonna say is, since we were talking about the Edgens, the Familias, the Valverdes of the world, we're the talking bullpen, about the yeah. bullpen. Yeah. It was reported today that the Mets have interest in both Brent and Suter. Um, the former longtime Milwaukee Brewer, obviously David Stearns, has great connection with him. Pitched last year with Colorado, 69 and a third of an inning, 338 ERA, 344 FIP, 1.3 war. Very good for a middle reliever, um, as well as uh, Yankee, our free agent, former Yankee, Wandy uh, Peralta, who the Mets beat up last year, but that's beside the point. Um <laughs> I would love the Mets to bring in Brent Suter. Um, I think that he would be an excellent addition, an excellent second lefty to Brooks Raley. Um, and in addition to that, he also bridges the gap even further to Edwin Diaz. And he's also another pitcher that can go multiple innings. And again, with a rotation like this where, you know, I mean, we know what the rotation is. If you add a Brent Suter to the to the mix there, then you'd be dealing with like Edwin Diaz, Brooks Raley, Brent Suter, Drew Smith, Michael Tonkin, Jorge Lopez, and like a yeah. you know, an Austin Adams or something. I think he would be great. I I would stray away from Wandy Peralta. I just have a feeling Wandy Peralta would be a pitcher that would come to the Mets and just suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I a agree. Joel Rodriguez. Nah, I like yeah. Joey, but but um, no, nah, listen, Brent Suter also makes some starts here and there. You know, I, I do think with the approach that the Mets are taking and David Stern's approach, you might see a couple of bullpen games this year here and there. Absolutely. Uh, and, Suter's, and Suter's a guy that opens. Um, Hauser's a guy that opens. Um, again, you know, maybe or maybe even Suter throws two innings and then Manaya starts, you know, or comes out the pen. You know what I mean? Like we can get really creative here. And, and uh, I did tweet earlier this morning, uh, Wandy Peralta. I, I love that move, but I take it back. I do like Brent Suter. He fits the profile, and uh, I just didn't have my morning coffee. No excuse there, but whatever. <laughs> I did my research, and I take my word back. But Brent Suter would be a would be a good fit for the Mets. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me just say, uh, Peralta had a great 2022. Don't get me wrong. Um, 2021, pretty decent as well. This past year, if anyone wants to know how big of a lie, not a lie, but how much ERA can uh, distract you from underlying yeah. numbers. His ERA was 283 this past year in 54 innings, and his mm-hmm. FIP was 505. You would think yeah. somebody with a 283 ERA would post a positive war. 
he posted a negative 0.5 war. Mm-hmm. Gets hit hard, leaves that changeup over the dish. I'm not buying Wandy Peralta. I'm in. I'm all in on Brent yeah, Suter. I think that his, that would be a great move. Ratio too was pretty high, I believe. Oh, so, dude, he walked. He walked five yeah. batters per nine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's why, I, like, I, like I said, I just kind of rescind what I said before. But, but overall, Mets need a lot of help, and Brent Suter is a guy. Yeah. I, I like I like the guys that the Mets have in the bullpen. It's not like it's an overpowering bullpen by any means, but they have more pitchers that I feel like can produce at a higher level, you know, aside from last year, for instance, when the Mets were just bringing in like Phil Bickford's and Adam Kolarik's and this and that and the third. Obviously, Bickford's still a Met, but I feel like, you know, at least Jorge Lopez has a track record. You know, at least Michael Tonkin has a track record. You know what I mean? So... A lot of it is wait and see, um, along with the rest of the, along with the rest of the Mets. I feel like 2024 is going to be fun um, in a couple of different ways. Um, last thing, last thing here as we wrap up the hot stove episode 11. The Mets still need a bat. We talk about this every episode with that 10 million budget. Doesn't really sound like they may be able to fit that in there. Um, yeah, <laughs> but. Hey, Oscar Hernandez, who could have fit the bill, very similar to uh, J.D. Martinez, Justin Turner, signed a one-year $23.5 million contract with the Dodgers. Obviously, massive money. He got it. He's a great player. I thought he was going to get multi-years. I think MLB trade rumors pegged him at getting a four-year contract. Ends up just taking one year. Would you guys... Obviously, this would have went over the Mets' budget, apparently, but would you guys have... Given Teoscar Hernandez a high AAB, knowing that he would accept one year, knowing that he was, if he was going to accept eight point five mil deferred money, then yeah, because that's what he did. We should call them the deferred Dodgers. Honestly, <laughs> really sure. great minds think alike. That's funny. Yeah. Should I put that up? The deferred Dodgers, not the LA Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of. Same font instead of Los Angeles, put deferred in yeah. script, deferred Dodgers, yeah. and have Cuppy holding holding a cup that says that or something like that. Cuppy, Cuppy. Oh man, what do we think is going to occur the next couple of days? Anything at this point? I'm honestly, I'm not too sure. Like, it's been awfully quiet. I would like to see more action, but maybe one of these uh starting pitchers gets traded, yeah. Um, that'd be nice. And, uh, you know, I don't, we, I guess we got to see what the, what our budget is for the rest of the year. I don't think it's going to be that much. No. As we have a lot of dead money this year from Verlander, Scherzer, McCann. And that's just the start of the list. So we finally got rid of yeah. Canoes though. We did. That's we good. did. That's good. That's you good. know? But no, I mean me me personally, I think I think again, I'm I'm not sure whether it's a reliever or a starter, but I do think the Mets uh continue to focus on pitching. So the next move I do think is gonna be a pitcher. Uh I'm not sure who, but again, we heard a lot of names today and the last couple of days, so I'm excited to see uh what David Stearns has for uh for us fans. Absolutely. I think I'm expecting mm, what am I expecting? Do I even know? Um 
I'm expecting a bullpen acquisition, but I also wouldn't be shocked by a trade. Um, to to what extent, I can't really say. I'm having a hard time figuring out if the Mets are actually in on the Luzardos and the Ceases of the world. The, the money fits within the bill. So again, I'm having a hard time deciphering whether that's realistic or if it's going to be another Adrian Hauser type deal. Um, I'm really unsure there, but I, I do think a trade is going to occur. Um, but also I think that a free agent will be signed as well. So I'm all over the place. So are the Mets and whatever. Um, but again, 44 days till spring training games. Um, so I think that the hot stove will, I don't think it will be dead for so much longer because some of these teams, uh, some of these players have to, you know, sign on and tack on with teams considering pitchers and catchers report in a little over a month. So yep. it should be interesting the next couple of days. Um, gentlemen, any uh, any final thoughts? No, nothing really. Maybe uh, soon we'll spin up uh, a little bit about prospects and stuff like that. But 44 days and then uh, just excited to hear Gary Keith, Keith and Ron's voice. Don't forget yeah, Steve Jobs. The theme song. Yeah, and Steve Jobs. <laughs> and the theme song. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nah, man. Stay, stay warm. Yeah. Stay safe. Weather's kind of crazy, and uh, you know, as always, let's go Mets. Yes, sir. And nice I, yeah, I, I echo that. This was a fun one, quick one. Um, but I think that's been the trend this off season. Mets making subtle moves, and you know, everything is going to piece together, and hopefully, we, we can see the fruits of, the labor, and hopefully, some of, you know, what Stearns is. Uh, prioritizing and run prevention and bullpen and depth actually accumulates something great and something that, you know, some fans are really pessimistic about. I couldn't believe all the backlash I got on Instagram posts that posted of Sean Manaya and the people putting garbage cans, commenting garbage cans. <laughs> it wasn't about the post. It was a, it was a great post. So it must've been about, it must've been about the, the signing, whatever. Um, with that said, Speaking of Instagram, remember to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. We're at Cup of Mets. Subscribe to the podcast, whether it be on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And for Matt DeSantis, get better, my friend, Robert Benegas. I'm Ian Bosniak. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you in a couple days. Good night, everybody. Good night.